Good morning, Alex and friends. I'm Grace. Today is Tuesday, January 16, 2024, and you're listening to Alex's News. Let's kick things off with a quick look at the weather. If you are in Riverside today, you can expect a pleasant day ahead with a high of 68.6 degrees and a low of 50.2. Now, on to our main stories. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky is set to take center stage at the World Economic Forum in Davos, where he will be making a passionate appeal for continued international support for Ukraine's defense against Russian aggression. We'll bring you the latest on his powerful message and the international response. Turning our focus to China, we're diving into the economic pressures facing the younger generation. Millennials and Gen Z are up against significant economic challenges, with a tough job market and decreasing job prospects. We will unpack the nuances of this issue and what it means for China's economy and its global implications. Stay tuned as we delve deeper into these stories, providing you with all you need to stay informed on this Tuesday. Today's top story is coming out of Davos, Switzerland, where the World Economic Forum's annual meeting is underway. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky is there to rally support for Ukraine in its ongoing defense against Russia. For more on this, we're joined by our reporter, Ethan. Absolutely, Grace. Zelensky's attendance at the WEF in Davos is very strategic, as it's a rare chance for the Ukrainian president to speak directly to a congregation of global influencers. He's on a mission to ensure Ukraine's situation doesn't get eclipsed by the Israel-Hamas conflict and other international issues. With the conflict in the Middle East drawing so much focus, how has Zelensky been able to navigate this at the forum? It's been challenging, Grace. Despite the Middle East situation taking up much of the world's attention, Zelensky sees Davos as a critical platform. He's looking to keep Ukraine's struggle front and center in the minds of the world's leading political figures. It helps that the forum's agenda also touches on a variety of other topics that are very much aligned with Ukraine's interests, such as corporate responsibility toward clean tech and the advancement of artificial intelligence. Speaking of interests, what kind of support is Zelensky looking for from these world leaders and business powerhouses? Zelensky seeks extensive support, ranging from political backing to financial and technological assistance. By delivering a speech and engaging in a session with corporate leaders, He's aiming to address Ukraine's urgent needs and possibly secure commitments from those willing to contribute to Ukraine's cause. It sounds like an intense schedule. What's on the agenda for these leaders who are gathered in Davos? Today, they'll delve into topics such as Europe's innovation landscape, the economic potentials of generative AI, and the current interest rate environment. There's a buoyant sense of optimism among business leaders about the future of AI, and Zelensky may well align this with Ukraine's technological ambitions. And what do we know about the theme of this year's meeting, Rebuilding Trust? Rebuilding Trust underscores the forum's overarching objective, Grace, which is to foster global cooperation in tackling urgent challenges. It's highly relevant to Ukraine as it conveys the message of solidarity that Zelensky is striving for, affirming the need for collective action and support in times of crisis. Could this focus on Ukraine at the World Economic Forum lead to a shift in international policy or additional aid? It certainly has the potential to, Grace. The presence of Ukraine's key European allies and discussions around the country's future demonstrate a committed support network. Outcomes from these discussions could translate into enhanced aid, 
both militarily and economically, which Ukraine desperately needs. Before we wrap up, Ethan, are there any other peculiarities about this year's forum that our viewers should be aware of? Well, the inclusive access theme is worth noting. It's a nod to the importance of health equity and digital inclusion, key issues that have come into sharper focus amid the global pandemics and through Ukraine's own experiences. Also, let's not forget Zelensky's first trip to the event as president, it's quite significant and symbolizes Ukraine's active engagement on the world stage. Thank you for that detailed update, Ethan. It's important to keep an eye on how the World Economic Forum will influence Ukraine's fight and the broader global dynamics. In today's economic spotlight, we're looking at the rapidly evolving job market in China, where millennial and Gen Z workers are grappling with some significant headwinds. For a closer look at what's going on, we're joined by Chloe, our expert in global economic trends. Chloe, can you walk us through what's happening with China's younger workforce? Absolutely, Grace. Thanks for having me. Well, we're seeing a generation that grew up amidst China's remarkable economic expansion now facing a much tougher reality. According to NPR, these young adults are experiencing record high unemployment rates, with one in five young adults between the ages of 16 and 24 out of work. The economic growth has slowed, and combined with demographic shifts and a mounting national debt, that's really eating into the economic prospects for these young workers. That's quite startling. Chloe, what are some of the key factors driving this increase in unemployment among China's youth? Well, a vital element here is what's known as the 996 working culture. It's particularly prevalent in the technology sector, where employees work from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m., six days a week. This has led to intense work-related stress and burnout. But the problems don't stop there. There's also a skill mismatch issue. The skills that Chinese millennials and Gen Z workers have are not necessarily what's being demanded in the job market right now. That's an interesting point. Do speculative factors come into play here? I mean, how does the changing nature of the job market influence their long-term prospects? There's a lot of speculation about potential long-term implications, Grace. For one, these challenges could lead to a more significant decline in consumer spending, as young adults typically drive a sizable portion of that. And then there's the changing job landscape. For instance, the decrease in the share of state-owned enterprise jobs is altering employment opportunities in urban areas. This shift could shape the Chinese economy's structure in profound ways going forward. I see. Now, you also mentioned cultural factors, like a stigma associated with certain jobs. Can you elaborate on that? Certainly. This mirrors trends we've seen in other parts of the world, including here in the U.S. Young Chinese workers are shunning what are perceived as low-paying blue-collar jobs. That aversion contributes to higher rates of unemployment. There's even a term for those choosing to opt out of the formal economy entirely, they call it, lying flat, or, tanking. With all these job market challenges, are there any bright spots, any sectors where these young workers might find better opportunities? Yes, there's definitely a silver lining. The service sector appears promising, particularly as China recovers from the pandemic downturn. It's expected to create more jobs for those who are a bit more experienced, over the age of 30. And then there are certain manufacturing industries offering higher-paying and skilled positions that could attract younger workers. Not to mention the e-commerce and consumer tech sectors, despite regulatory crackdowns, they remain significant and could provide job opportunities tailored to the younger demographic with the right skills. It sounds like there might be some need for adaptation and reskilling among these workers. Exactly, Grace. 
the demand for education and training services continues to grow, which could provide job openings for those with educational backgrounds and teaching skills. Employers will also need to be proactive, offering competitive salaries and career development opportunities. Likewise, the Chinese government will have to craft employment policies that promote job creation across various sectors. Well, it certainly seems like a critical period of transition for China's workforce. Chloe, thank you so much for that thorough analysis. My pleasure, Grace. It'll be interesting to see how these workers and industries adapt in the months and years ahead. Here are some other headlines. Former President Donald Trump won the Iowa caucuses on Monday, January 16, 2024, marking a significant step towards his third consecutive GOP presidential nomination. A quick rundown reveals that Trump dominated with an impressive margin of victory, while turnout was notably low, reflecting only a fraction of the state's registered Republicans. Governor Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley trailed behind, taking second and third places, respectively. It seems Trump's base in the largely white, rural, non-college-educated population came out in force, securing him an early advantage in the race. Despite the win, history tells us Iowa's predictions are not always accurate for eventual GOP nominees. Moving overseas, tensions flared as Iran launched missile attacks in northern Iraq. Targets included regions in Erbil, near the U.S. consulate, which Iran claims housed Israeli spy headquarters, leading to four deaths and several injuries. This aggressive move prompted Iraq to recall its ambassador from Tehran for consultations, citing a blatant violation of sovereignty. Iran's IRGC indicates the attacks were in response to aggressions against its nation and allies. Despite the severity, analysts do not see this as an indicator of a new regional escalation. Taking to the skies, NATO's surveillance operations are keeping a watchful eye on Russia-Ukraine conflict zones with high-tech flights. Aboard a French AWACS aircraft, capabilities are shown to extend across southern Ukraine, the Black Sea, and beyond, detecting Russian operations at great distances. These advanced tools provide NATO with unparalleled situational awareness, maintaining a God's-eye view on the ongoing tensions. And in entertainment, the 75th Emmy Awards celebrated the best in television, with Succession, The Bear, and Beef sweeping major categories, garnering honors from Outstanding Drama Series to Outstanding Comedy Series, and Outstanding Limited Series. The night was studded with tributes, and actors such as Kieran Culkin, Sarah Snook, and Jeremy Allen White were recognized for their performances, with the event charmingly hosted by Anthony Anderson. For additional details on these stories, stay informed via your preferred news outlet throughout the day. That's all we have for now. Today's episode was made by Alexander King with GPT-4, GPT-3.5 Turbo, the Perplexity API, and the Google Cloud Text-to-Speech API. I hope you have a great day. I'll see you tomorrow, Alex.